welcome dreamers to the dream stream podcast and episode on youtube so we are having our weekly dream group and i'm here with our friend brendan sharon hey brendan going i'm in the middle of a whole bunch of things i like to say that i've got a bunch of different flaming torches in the air right now okay expand on the theme of juggling yeah juggling your flaming torches yep that's a pretty great analogy yeah and what about your dream life these days um last night i had a pretty wacky dream life it was mostly fragments um with a little bit of day residue um like what i can recall right at the moment um was there was something about rabbits um and there's several layers to the rabbit thing um something about what rabbits bunnies rabbits yeah yep. <laughs> okay bunny rabbits <laughs> Bunny rabbits. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, more like, uh, well, let me get into what it was and then we'll go from there. So there was okay. something about, I have a friend online who, not somebody I know in person, who has a pet rabbit who is very, very like much her, like her familiar. He's like glued to her all the time. Um, and for example, this morning she posted some photos of the rabbit sitting on her feet. And, oh my God! You know, so like, sweet. Yeah, and it, she was like, "Yep, the rabbit's bunny is telling me I am not going anywhere today." Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. But um, last night when that's I came, that's your association, Brendan. That's your association. That's one association. Of There's course. a couple others that were coming right, up. So so please tell me just the dreams in one, you know, conglomerate, and then we can explore the meanings. Sure. So I was getting a few things, I guess, confused in my dream life because the same person who has the rabbit also keeps doves. And the doves are very noisy and loud. Um, doves. Doves. Oh. Yeah. Pigeon. Huh? Pigeons. Um, yeah, I mean they're related. They're different. They're yeah. a different animal. Uh -huh. um, so she has a dove that's very noisy, and I think at one point in the conversation we had had, she was telling me that there were times when she wished she threw it out the window. <laughs> I was in the dream. I was convoluting this with the rabbit, and she was, you know, in the dream she was wishing to you know, be able to throw the rabbit out the window. And I believe I was suggesting something to her about, well, if you're going to throw it out the window, you know, you could use the meat and there's, you know, all these other uses for the different parts of the rabbit. Um, <laughs> Wait, you said the dove. Huh? You said she wanted to throw the dove out the window. Yes, in so real life, she wanted to throw the dove out the window. In the dream, oh, I was convoluting she should the eat. real life thing about the dove with the rabbit. 
Oh, she, so she what wanted to throw the rabbit out the window. Okay, I understand. Right. So I was making suggestions about what she could do with the rabbit, um, you know, in terms lucky of charm. Huh? a lucky charm, you know, the rabbit foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's an interesting connection terrible, there. Terrible, um, terrible tradition so i was trying to suggest to her different things she could do with the rabbit and its parts and you know different food items because i not long ago was gifted a rabbit stew by a, another friend of mine who raises rabbits um who had to slaughter a number of her rabbits um because of a uh, moving situation and kind of convoluted living situation where she couldn't take the rabbits with her okay so she had been raising them for meat so it wasn't like you know a huge thing but it was done in haste and in her case it was something that caused her trauma so uh, i was probably bringing in that association with the dream okay um and i there was this whole discussion about what type of knives to use Okay. To carve the rabbit up, and I was suggesting this kind of serrated knife yeah. that seemed to be out made out of like some kind of like high tech ceramic or plastic. So it was like a hardened, like white knife that had teeth. Here we are with the teeth again. Yeah, um, and, and knives again. Wasn't that something yeah. we were exploring recently? <laughs> Getting a lot of mileage out of the teeth. Um, <laughs> and so, so that was really about all I can really recall about it, and that's what I what I mean when I say it was fragments. And I think yeah. we were seated in a room together that's not unlike the room that I am in right now, which is where I slept last night. Okay. So where are you? You're and not... more day residue. I'm in a different part of the house that I'm normally in. Um, we have a sunroom in this apartment that's got a beautiful stained glass window which i wish i could show you um oh. easily but kind of hard to turn maybe i can turn the yeah um maybe go up show me up okay oh I... yeah oh a little more to the side Oh, it looks lovely. You'll have to show me on your phone one time. Wow, I love it. You know, um, Mo Willem. Oh, oh no, are you lost to me now? <laughs> there you are. Mo Willems, who is, you know, an author, children's books and whatnot. He said, science will get us out of this pandemic and art will get us through it. So I'm just, I celebrate all creative endeavors. And you know, if someone made that, <laughs> that sting us window now is what I'm thinking, but you know, it's so important to explore creativity in this time of, you know, craziness of mixed emotions and what are you doing that's creative, Brandon? This. Um, I guess the most creative thing I've been involved in lately is actually Dungeons and 
dragons. Um, there's, there's a fair amount of creativity involved with that with regard oh, yeah. to developing your character. Yes. Storyline around that character. Um, so unfortunately, that's been my only creative outlet. Yes. Wanting to get back into other things, but right now I'm in the middle of getting ready to move. Yes. And I've got some other work-related projects going on, so I haven't really had a lot of time for anything creative. Right. Lev had a moving dream last night. Lev is my 10-year-old son, and I often ask him if he, had, if he remembers any dreams from the night before. But it was even before he was fully awake. It was, you know, he was coming from dream into wakefulness. So that hypnogogic state. And he said, Mama, I dreamed I was packing and I was moving things with my thoughts. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. He was moving things with his thoughts? With his thoughts. So telekinesis, huh? Yeah, yes. He dreamed that, and he, you know, it's like, wow, that's that's pretty great. What do you choose to do in a moment where you realize you can move things with your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, was it a lucid dream, or did he know? No, he. I was sleep. I was just waking up too, so I didn't get the full scoop. And then when I asked him more about it later. He didn't really remember, but um. I don't know. He didn't say that it was. Well, if he's moving things with his eyes, it seemed deliberate. You know, he was packing. So deliberately, he was moving things with his eyes. So I think that um, it was like it, a borderline lucid dream, at least. You know, I think it could have been lucid. Yeah. Can't believe so, I dumped my whole thing of tea. Oh, no. Yeah. I would like some tea. I'm gonna go make some tea. So I live broadcasting, you know, I, all the warts are there. <laughs> I like that window over your head, that triangle. It's like a yeah, right angle. It's a really the um whole building was um it was originally a farmhouse and I th think the previous owner um, pretty much turned it into a multi-apartment building all on his own, did all the work, all the woodwork himself. Um, and he, he was also very involved in the Steiner School of Thought. Oh, and oh wonderful. One of the founders of the um, Waldorf, Waldorf School that's in New Paltz. Uh, Mountain Laurel, lovely. So um, is his name Charles Noble by any chance? No, his name is, and I'm, give me a minute, uh, Raymond Flynn. Okay, I don't think I know him. So I had a silly little snippet of a dream, Brandon, we want to hear it. <laughs> okay, I had a dream, and this is just like a free-floating image I can hardly remember. I was, I was hanging out on like a porch with friends, and... Um, and I, I'll use the name Danny so as not to, um, you know, pinpoint her. But so Danny was just like very comfortable in her own skin. And she just had her arms up. And I was so surprised to see that she didn't shave under her arms. And um, I was like, wow, that's really unlike Danny these days. This so, surprises um, you? <laughs> 
It, but what, what did you say? Well, I'm surprised that you would be surprised by something like that, given the nature of the majority of the people that we know. Well, no, she lives in, in Scarsdale. Oh, okay. That, that's a whole different world. It's a different world. She lives in the world of, you know, what they do, like uh, Botox, uh -huh. shaved armpits and Botox. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I just thought that was funny. Because, of course, I was thinking of our, our neck of the woods and everybody's all natural, or many people are. And um, it was a, lately in a discussion with my friend Danny about, and, and other friends from that region about how, you know, they can't wait to make a hair appointment. You know, right. he wants to get her nails done or whatever. So it's, it's just different. I mean, <laughs> different priorities during this lockdown. Yeah. But opening it up, Brendan, what do you think about that? About what, the dream or the people oh. from Arsdale who can't wait to get ah, Well, the, the, the fact that Cuomo is opening up New York a little more. Ulster County, they said by next week, Ulster and New York City, Westchester counties are going to reopen. Um, well, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I work in the healthcare industry and we actually, um, they called everybody in the medical office that I work in back to work off of furlough. So they were doing part-time furlough for everybody because things were so slow. Um, business has been steadily picking up in the last couple of weeks. So the more people are coming to see their doctors for mm -hmm. making televisits, um, which means we all have to kind of be on point and be on staff. Right. So we're taking a lot of precautions. Um, they actually have people screening everyone who comes through the front door. And those people who are doing the screening are willing, wearing full PPE, oh you know, gowns, face masks, gold gloves, hair nets, the whole nine. Um, so I think there's still a reason to be cautious. I think, yeah. you know, opening up a little bit at a time is a good way to do it because Mm -hmm. If there's a sudden surge again in new cases, then we know well. Yeah, yeah, there's a cause-effect relationship here, and we yeah. need to, you know, be more careful. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I've been kind of shocked okay. by what I've been seeing out in the general public. What have you been seeing? Um, people walking around with zero, you know, face masks, and you know, the I, wish, day, I, I wish I had a pile of masks. And I could just be in town giving them out to people who aren't wearing them. And yeah. then they, the only excuse they have is that, unless it's medical, that they don't really care, not really don't care, but you know, they're not protecting others and they're not protecting themselves. Right. So I wish I had oh, so many masks and I could just give them out to people. I think this is like a crazy new normal and people are kind of in shock. <laughs> I think we're all in shock. Well, I also think that the people who are refusing to wear masks are kind of being selfish. And mm -hmm. saying that as a person who is in an at-risk category, yeah. uh, I'm a type 2 diabetic, which means if I get this thing, it could be pretty bad for me. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I don't believe it's a hoax because I know several people who have had the damn thing. So it's right. not like, oh, uh, you know, the government's just making this whole thing up in order to control us. You know, yes. it's possible that the governments are taking advantage of the situation to put in place rules and regulations that they wouldn't be able to under normal circumstances. Okay. However, this is a real virus and people really need to act like it is serious because it's not about you. Right. It's about the people you come in contact with. That's it's right. about, you know, the person you don't even know whose grandparent might contract it mm -hmm. because of coming in contact, you know, their grandchild coming in contact with you, you know, or it's so true. Intent. It's, it's really just so really true. selfish and yes. People have died. It's a reality. It's not a conspiracy. It's not right. because Bill Gates wants to microchip you. <laughs> it's because there's a genuine virus there and it doesn't uh -huh. matter whether or not it was manufactured. You know, it's a right. real thing. Right. Right. So people need to start, you know, being a little bit more respectful to one another. You know, Which I, I just want to give out masks. Yes. You know, if you're, you know, struggling to put food on the table, you're not going to spend ten dollars on a mask. You know, and so I just want to give them out and like to have that be out of the equation. And then if they still refuse to wear it, then I'm going to totally agree with you that it's it's kind of selfish. It's a selfish. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Thinking about the creativity piece, so I know a number of people are making masks. And yeah. some of the creativity and the designs that I've seen has been really lovely. Yes. So we should we should start. I'm saying we. I really mean you. Hmm? <laughs> no, I'm not putting this on you. I was saying we, but I really mean you. But I I won't back down from this. I would like to start collecting masks. So any friends who want to donate masks so that I can give them to people who aren't wearing masks on the streets. You know, I mean, let's, we should start a donation, donations of masks. Yeah, I mean, if I had a source for okay. you know, a larger number of masks, they've been giving them out at work. Initially, it was actually really difficult to get them. Um, the whole thing about the shortages was true, you know, for yeah. medical institutions. It took right. us weeks to be able to get a good supply. Right. So, um, well, these are, you know, just cloth. But I, I also, there's a woman in Gardner who also makes masks. So I'll ask her and I'll ask Helen if they'll donate any masks. And we'll, let's bring them to Poughkeepsie, you know, let's pass them out. I'll, I'll give that job to my son, Phelan. Oh, so. I haven't been out of the house in you know months. Hmm. I have to be brave, you know. That's a big deal for me. I've got to be brave during this pandemic. This is yeah. I think everybody needs to be a little yeah. brave. Yeah, this is a scary time. This is not. This is no joke. You know. You know, history has its cycles and. There's life and there's death, the cycle of life, circle of life. But, um, you know, this is something to contend with, that our body, you know, our, 
our physical body can this could be you know in the end for so many people with this pandemic this is really and has been and is and has been yeah. you know it's still happening globally mm -hmm. well it's still happening here too and it's definitely still happening around the country um and in this county yeah right so please everyone wear a mask you know just wear a mask what's the big deal tie a bandana around your face you know it's it's you're going to keep other people safe from your spittle <laughs> your airborne you know moisture and you'll keep yourself safe from other people's you know mouth water that comes towards you so i think that that's the best way to keep yourself safe and the others around you safe please wear a mask is what i want to say to dreamers so yeah well so let's explore my armpit hair dream <laughs> so describe again where um where what kind of space was this happening in you know it was out on a deck so and i'm looking out at my back deck it's it could have been there but also when i was growing up with these friends including the the one i dreamed about we they had a, a shore house and they had a deck on their shore house and we spent so and that's when we were the closest you know when, during those years we spent so much time on the deck at her shore house you know it from like i don't know 11 or you know 14 on to i don't know how old like prom age <laughs> we went there for our prom so um so Maybe it was her death. So this was like part of your growing up was hanging out on people's decks or your own deck? Spending, spending summers in Long Beach Island and hanging out on my friend's deck. That's what, that's what we used to do. <laughs> yeah. I guess the area where I grew up on, not a lot of people had decks, I think. Oh. Yeah. Um, we had porches, so they were enclosed, but um, I think I only went to, I remember going to a house party with my mom at a friend of hers's house, and that was a deck party. Okay. Um, that was probably when I was in my, you know, 14, 15, but I don't yeah, know. Um, I mean, that's about the age I would be as well. Yeah, a lot of people I know did not have decks, so I guess yeah. it was just the architecture. Yeah, all right. We're all from like the 20s and 30s and 40s, yeah. the oldest. So that's right. interesting. So that you associate that with summertime as being like a part of. Uh, yeah, well, she's wearing a sleeveless shirt. Yeah, so it's obviously a summertime. So it's like a summertime. She's just so free with her pits so letting it all hang out i don't shave <laughs> dreamer I'm, I'm telling the dreamer the listener that i don't shave i don't shave but i'm also not like in your face with my armpit hair but i mean if i have if i want to sit with my arms up or whatever it's fine but she just seems so free with her body 
in the stream. So that's interesting that you say that. I was going to ask you, what are your own personal feelings about that? Because it seems like there's, while you're cool with the idea of not shaving, there's a little bit of reticence on your part to be as free about it. You know, because the, the community I grew up in and the, you know, friends that I still have from that time and those earlier times in my life, you know, yeah, they shave. <laughs> they do. And and uh, so I started by stopped shaving my legs when I was 17. And then on Dead Tour, I saw these women with hairy armpits. And I was like, I want to be that natural. You know, I want to be that freak. So I also then stopped growing my, I, I have gotten my legs whacked a number of times over these, you know, 50 years or whatever. No, like, like uh, 30 years. And, um, and so there's very little hair anymore. But um, even if, even if there was more, I, I feel much more comfortable around women who, well, I actually doesn't, no, I don't think that's true. I don't feel more comfortable around women who don't cheat. It's just more down home <sighs> right now. Yeah, I just want to um, jam a little on the idea of like freedom connected with that um, and what body hair means in general. For me personally, um, probably as a result of me growing up Catholic, um, I have this almost negative association with body hair. Um, which took a lot for me to overcome. When I was a young teenage boy, um, by, I was, by women, by, uh, women? by like, people in general. Uh, let me and let me talk. It'll become I, clear. I, well, I must. I must hear you. Go on. <laughs> sure. Um, so I was part of the subculture that's called gothic, or I was a goth punk. Yeah, yes, and sure. there's a lot of like gender crossing going on in yeah. terms of appearance and whatnot. I used to shave my armpits oh, really? um, as a teenager for years. It probably wow. stopped when I was about 22. Um, wow. But yeah, I think like for me, being clean shaven, which I obviously am not now, <laughs> having you know no hair on my armpits um, was sort of i guess a rejection of the idea of i guess i connected it to animalness um oh. yeah and like i get bestiality i guess not in the sexual term but you know in terms of like the human part of you that is more animal was something that oh. probably as a result of my Catholicism, I rejected that part of human nature. And it was a way to feel, I guess, closer to God on some level. Okay. You know, at yeah. the time, up for until. The, from, for the, from the animals of the earth and closer right. to spirit. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. So, yeah, for me, the you know, removal of hair was taking a visible expression of that. Um, yeah. It took me a very long time to kind of accept my own hairiness. And some of that had to do with uh, my issues around masculinity as well. 
because okay. you know it's always okay for men to be hairy theoretically at least no. more or less it's more culturally accepted yeah um, and i think i also associate that a lot with the idea of masculinity and because i didn't have a father figure in my life and the one male figure in my life was my you know very volatile sicilian grandfather I think oh. <laughs> very, you know, warped idea of masculinity, and I mostly was raised by women. Um, so, yeah, you and Samuel, another dreamer yeah. friend of ours. Yeah, she we had that in common by... for that. Yeah. So, you know, my comfort around the idea of masculinity and the physical expression of it was very uh, challenged. Like, I really didn't com feel comfortable. You know, I didn't identify as female by any means. Yeah, I was very much a hetero male and always have been. Yeah, totally. But I don't identify with our culture's um, manifestation and expressions of what masculinity are. Yes. So, and I associate hair, particularly facial hair, with that. Um, but with regard to women being shaved, I think the first time I encountered that was when I went away to school. Because I went to a very crunchy hippie school that's part of Bard College. Um, yeah, and there were a couple of girls there who were like total full-on hippie deadhead girls with like hair down to their waist and like Indian skirts and unshaved armpits and no no shaving on their legs. And I can remember like the first time I saw that, I was kind of like, whoa what's going on here like what is that about um you know i was beginning to become enlightened about the feminist movement yeah you know, 13 14 and you know this was a shock for I me love like, that. I'd i love never that. seen it before yes so it's interesting though i mean it that you associated with freedom um and the fact that you seem to even still have a reticence to display that is that I think I've worked you with your own comforts about the idea of like expressing your own when I'm, with, when I'm with this group of women that I love that are from my you know my growing up in our old like New York City, Westchester, New Jersey, um I feel like I don't <laughs> I don't want to like impose the fact that I don't shave. You know, because I've had such a struggle because I was different, because I am different from many of the people from my youth and from my hometown. And, um, and I never lived in the city. You know, all of those people lived in New York City at some point. I lived in Colorado and I lived in New Mexico. And I was just a different person than they. So I felt like I had to be defensive because I was so different. I was other than. And in being defensive, I realized this is many many decades ago, thankfully, I realized that I was actually being offensive. You know, I was actually being judgmental in the way I felt I needed to protect the differences in myself and with, you know, that culture. And, um, and so I, I still, I don't, I feel, maybe it has something to do with that. You know, I'm not gonna, whatever, I don't mind. I don't mind like being free. I, whatever it's just who I am and how I live but um I 
don't want to be offensive to them. <sighs> you know who I'm talking about if you're watching this. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it that is offensive? I mean, it's funny because some people do have that reaction. I remember when I had a conversation with my younger brother about, you know, the freestyle frolic dance event and you know, I was trying to explain to him what the subculture was like and yeah. he was like making fun of like the hippie girls with, you know, unshaved armpits. He's like, Yeah, man, it's like poof, boom, it's all right there, right in your face. And like I was like, Wow, that's like a really that what you take from this dance? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what he got out of it was yeah. that, you know, and he obviously found it offensive for you know, for exactly. some reason. Exactly. And I wonder uh, partially if that has to do with like a critique of like sexual roles at uh, all. Um, say more about that. What do you mean? Well, I guess, you know, in the sense that I associate hair with masculinity. Hey, yes. Uh, to people who are in that, you know, I guess it is its own subculture, really, like people who are in mainstream subculture who you know, think that women should be shaved. Um, is it somehow offensive to them when women don't shave? Like, That's is, offensive is to somehow, me. But ben. is it because of the masculinity of no, the hair, or what is it? The fact that that is offensive to a man, that he's offended by that, is offensive to me. I am but very offended. It's, it's, I mean, I think it's true of a lot of men, like, who... You know, oh, every man secretly desires a hippie chick. <laughs> no, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I mean, I know totally it's, kidding. it's no, its own I'm fetish. Kidding. You know, That's there's actually whole websites devoted to hairy women. It's funny. Really? Okay. Here's well, I. Women. Sorry, go on. Hair stute women. Astute women? No, hair stute. Hair stute. It's women. a word that means hairy. Okay. Well, you keep reminding me, and more so your dream, um, of, or, you know, this animal. What is that line in that Mary Oliver poem? Just let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Do you know that poem? No, I don't, but I, I'm sure I've heard it. I'm going to look it up as we speak. So, um, I'm yeah. looking pretty hairy today myself. My hair is, like, totally out of control. I need to yeah. get some. I'm, I need to tame I'm, it. Tame the wild animal. Tame your hair. Oh, tame the wild animal of your hair. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Just having a heck of time. A hell of a time right now with the computer. So mm. I, I can't find that. But I'm going to email it to you and maybe I'll say it as follow-up in the next okay. stream. I haven't been really doing follow-ups because I think that people are listening all different order. So it doesn't make sense to do a follow-up from the one before because it's not linear, you know? Yeah. And then, and then unless the person's a groupie, a dream stream groupie, they'll have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, I guess if you started doing recaps regularly, it might prompt them to be a little bit more linear in their viewing practices 
because then they'd have to go, oh, wait, what was that she was referring to? And then, you know, go back I to the previous podcast. To, I used to say the episode that we talked about, whatever, you know, and, and from episode blah, 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 this is follow-up, and from episode whatever. So I used to do that more. Now, I don't know. I'm not sure what I want to do about that. Everything's in flux, Brenda. Yep. Everything is in flux. So back to the dream. Um, <laughs> so you're on this deck with this friend of yours who you grew up with who would never probably be caught dead with her armpits unshaved, right? Let me just say, she's so awesome and she's so cool. And I used to tour with her, Grateful Dead, some shows. And she used to, she had a tattoo on her back. And, but then she moved into a very different lifestyle and she had her tattoo removed. Oh, wow. So it would be unlikely that she would have Harry on her. Oh. Huh. So, yeah, so she made a very different lifestyle choice than you did. Oh, yeah. Um, and you guys are still in touch? We are. We have happy hour once a week with a, like a group of seven of us who have been meeting up together for pool parties every summer since, you know, we since early in our 20s. Wow. Yeah. So it's like you're doing Zoom pool parties now or what? No, I mean, I, it was, it's summer, but our Zoom happy hours. So, um, yeah, and it's been very nice. And I just had, at first, I just always had wine. And I'm like, this, this is not good. I want a mixed drink. Now I'm in love with this white tequila. Are you a tequila drinker, Brendan? Um, I will have it on occasion. My um, former partner, Kristen, is a big tequila drinker, having spent a number of years in the Southwest. So, oh, yes. She's yeah. a tequila I prefer the mezcal. Um, yeah, <laughs> have you ever eaten the worm? Well, no, I haven't actually. So. I have, oh, a couple times. Uh, yeah. We used to is it really a, an apocryphal thing that there's a psychedelic component to that, or is there actually? You know, it, it, we know what it's like. You ever make like grain alcohol with fruit in a, yeah. in a you know, cooler yep. at the shore, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so it's like that. In, as the, in that the worm really absorbs the alcohol. And, um, you know, I mean, we were really drunk. I guess you're so drunk when you decide you will eat the worm that it feels like you're tripping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, yeah, so this white tequila, I'm going to just say, I'm promoting it. If, if anyone from Luna Azul, Luna Azul wants to sponsor me, I will talk up your tequila like there's no tomorrow. It's my go-to drink every week. Well, that's not true because it's more on a daily basis, but especially that one day oh. a week. So, yeah, I mean, mixed drinks have never really been my thing. I'm mostly a wine drinker. I recently started exploring doing gin and tonics with a sugar oh. tonic. Kaylin is all about gin and tonics these days. I've been enjoying them too. Yeah. So I'm getting the sense about this dream that it's kind of like a reminiscence of your lost youth, if this were my dream, mm -hmm. um, hearkening back to the summer days of old, 
Yes. But what I think is interesting is this particular person seems to be exhibiting freedom. Um, how are you feeling in the dream? Because you're in the dream with these oh, other men. I, I, and are you showing your body hair or are you, or are you I, trying to hide I'm it? Not, I don't even have a, uh, an image of what I'm wearing. If I'm also wearing a tank or okay. Steve, I'm not even sure. But I just remember being surprised. Like, oh, Danny is not shaving yeah. her appearance. <laughs> if you can try to momentarily put yourself back into that dream, like take a minute or two. I just want you to check um, in. Brandon, I don't want to say, but I think I know. But I, I will say. I just want to know like, where you're, what you're feeling and where you are in your body in that oh, dream. Okay, let's see. So, yeah, imagine you're back in the dream and you're sitting on one of the deck chairs in the sun. You have a drink in your hand and your friend is sitting across from you and you notice this about her body hair. I'm wondering what is your emotional reaction and what are you feeling in your own body? Like, are you feeling any of that freedom yourself or are you feeling bound up? Just in my solar plexus, you know, and I'm feeling. I just feel surprised, but I don't feel, I'm sure I must also have unshaven armpits in the dream because it wasn't like, oh, well, you know, I did what she did. No, it was the opposite. She did what I didn't do. <laughs> she didn't do what I didn't do. Yeah, but I think I, I think I know Brendan. Oh, this is, this is my psychology. So dreamers, when you do dream work, you'll notice that a lot of things come up that you didn't really want to look out look at in your life and here's one of mine <laughs> so when yeah. i younger when we were all younger so just first in my 20s and i just first started not shaving my pits you know and it was summer it was hot i probably was sweating and i remember danny's older sister Penelope said, <laughs> she's like, oh, what is that smell? It smells like there's a man here. <sighs> and I was like, oh, shit, do I smell? And then she like equated me to a man in that moment. So no, I've never told anybody that. And now oh. I'll tell my, you know, 125 fans. <laughs> Well, that's so that interesting happened. because that ties that in with what I was saying about body hair a little. Say again. That ties in a little bit with what I was saying earlier about masculinity and body yeah. hair. Uh -huh, exactly. When you're sweaty, you know. But you know what? I I think, and I'm not. I guess I'm. I'm not trying to make a, a, a differentiation between myself and other women, but. Because I had my legs and my armpits waxed for so long, there's so little hair anymore. But I have friends, the poorest, who have like hairy legs because they, women, they just don't shave. And, but they also didn't wax for, you know, 30 years or 25 years or whatever it is. So, um, so I, I feel bad now. I'm like, oh, but it doesn't matter. I'm not very hairy. No, I have to just get over that which I am over it. I love to see women with hairy legs and hairy pits. <sighs> yeah, um, the 
body odor part is interesting. I mean, from what I understand, um, hair does sometimes trap bacteria when you sweat. Perspiration itself doesn't really generally have much of a scent. It's really the bacteria that oh. are eating on it that give people an unpleasant odor. Um, although, I mean, your your perspiration can be scented by what you eat. I've noticed that oh, yeah. I've met people from Southeast Asia who they almost smell like spice because, um, mm. you know, they're consuming like, you know, really intense curries and wow. things like that all the time. Wow. Um, and it comes out, garlic too is another one that tends to, you know, come out in your perspiration oh um, yeah garlic for sure for sure I so, there's a weird sort of offense that northern europeans have to that i guess i don't know why maybe because they don't have a very spicy diet yeah. you know my um friend had a friend who she was on like a raw diet raw garlic diet and so she was eating only raw diet for like a couple of days and he was like he couldn't even be in the same room with her her skin was you know gassing off the garlic it's like every it was it was coming out of every pore you know not just not just her you know breath or her mm -hmm. armpits yeah yeah so my friend phil farber um who has written a number of really good books um I won't go and give him a conscious plug right now, but um, he used to talk about human interpersonal power dynamics and how it related to the cosmetic industry. And I remember particularly them talking about body odor because we all exude pheromones to a certain degree. And we, you know, in the West, go to great lengths to cover any possibility yeah. of our body scent being detected by others. His theory- Especially was, if you're a woman. Yeah, especially if you're a woman. Um, his theory was in part that this was related to the fact that there are pheromones that are produced by people who are kind of natural leaders and that those have an influence on people who are in their, you know, general sphere, physical sphere, because it's it's a subtle thing that happens that we don't really think about. But oh, I think about it all the time, Brendan. Yeah. I think but, about it all the time. There's there's two lovers, ex lovers of mine, who smell so good to me. You know, they just smell so good. It's the pheromones. Let your let your olfactory sense guide you <laughs> to the appropriate lover. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I guess that people who are like more powerful and more dynamic have a smell that influences other people, and we ah, go through these oh. great lengths to cover this up, and that's the only reason that his theory was that we have incompetent leaders because our senses of being able to detect who is a natural leader oh totally man. destroyed and masked by all of this that is the most interesting thing i'm hearing so we can smell out their ability for leadership 
Yeah. We cannot really smell danger as well. Right. Yeah, I mean, there are some people that I've encountered that, and it's not because of their body odor per se, but something doesn't smell right, you know, to use that expression, you know. It means exactly what it means. Yeah. Wow, good for you for trusting. Part of your intuition at work went with that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, so I'm a little confused. You, You dreamed a friend was going to throw her dove out the window? No. In real life, she had made a comment about throwing the dove out the window. She has doves and she also has rabbits. In the dream, I convoluted things where she wanted to throw the rabbit out the window. Okay. So I just can't help but think whenever I hear an animal, I do, I use um, David Carlson's The Animal Cards. Okay. And um, in, in his deck, from the Choctaw native tradition, um, the rabbit means fear. So rabbit is like always a card that I'm wary of choosing. Like I know when I'm fearful. And I know when rabbit's gonna appear. You know, I actually just know it. So um, so I wanna explore that a little bit with you, please. Sure. So now I have a sense that if she throws the rabbit out the window, it will die? Yeah, I mean, because we're talking about using, you know, I'm talking to her about using the animal parts for things. Right. And the best way to prepare it, what kind of knives to use. Right, the knives. Right, so also in doing the dream work, and I believe it's a Jeremy Taylor, you know, uh, correlation. When we dream about knives, we're, we're dreaming about like sharp thought. Like he says, when you shoot bullets, that's also thought, 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 or words, 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 words said. We're dreaming about a knife, and the knife cuts through, you know, all the fat and like gets to the point and mm. the, point, the point of the knife. And um, so, if it were my dream and I was dreaming about knives, and then I am thinking, that I need to dispel my fear. I need to drop my fear down, take it, take the life away from this fearful feeling that I have if I'm the dreamer. And um, I don't feel bad about that. I think that's what we should do. You know, throw, throw the rabbit out the window. <laughs> or not, not, not literally, of course. Um, but that's what it would mean for me. That actually feels very right. And, you know, to expand on that, you know, when I'm talking to her about different uses for the parts of the animal, I yes. guess if you took the fear symbol that little bit further, it's about transmuting that fear into things that could be useful. Yes. Changing it and yeah. shifting Yes, it. yes. That really does feel like it hits home right now. Wow. Yeah, it's a fearful time for me as well. I mean, especially as we're reopening. Yeah, I mean, for me right now, there's so, I've got a lot of other things going on in my life that that. are probably causing me a certain amount of fear and trepidation. Yeah. Um, And rather than being paralyzed by it, 
I really do need to figure out a way to make it a motivator because um, otherwise I am stuck, like quite literally like staring out into space. Yes. It, you know, fear can totally paralyze you. Oh, boy. you know, to quote Dune, which has been done maybe too much, but fear is the mind killer, you know. Mm, yes. To be able to move through the fear, oh. to be able to make any real progress. Right. You can't respond in a balanced way if fear is driving. You no, know. Fear drives you to make quick reactions and not necessarily the best ones often. Right. Um, right. Fear and anger seem to be very related to me as well. Right. The two yeah. like are like a pair. Right. Yeah, the untouchables. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you let anger drive me. I try not to let fear drive me. I try not to react. I'm getting better at it. I really believe. In this quarantine, where I see no people who piss me off, I'm just fine. <laughs> no, but I mean, I really am trying to be more balanced, more equilibrium, and brave. Like I said before, I'm. I mean it when I say that. Like I need to be brave right now. This is crazy time. Yeah, and I don't know who said it, and I'm only going to paraphrase. I guess. Bravery is not the lack of fear. It's the ability to move through it. I love that. Yes, I've heard that. And do some kind of action despite the fact that you're afraid. Okay. Like, like collect face masks for people in Poughkeepsie who aren't going to wear them, who aren't wearing them. Do something proactive. I hope I'm going to do that. I am, and you can all hold me accountable. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So thank you so much, Brandon. I love, I love meeting up with you. I'll, I look forward to you know others joining also. But this is amazing for me. To, yeah, Chris, um, if you're watching or listening or get a chance to look at this, you know, please, you know, we'd love to have you along too. Yeah, and I'm sorry I wasn't checking the invite room because I'm on my phone. I don't know how to do it on my phone. So hopefully next time it will be on the computer. Yeah, you must have a good phone stand because I could never get mine to sit still. Oh, you know, on my, on my keyboard leaning against my computer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, just like right in between. Nice and stable. It, the F1 and backspace. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Brandon. Thank you right. so much. Good talking. Um, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Be well, everybody out there in internet land and uh, sweet dreams. Dreams. Polamod Metrukim. Sorry, I have other languages that I want to say, but they're in my phone. And like I said, I'm on my phone. So, ciao, listeners. Bye, Brendan. Good night. That's my Or good day. Bye. Uh, thank you.